Alright, dude, and dudettes, talking the talk with the Great Southern Brain Fart here, and I have a very, very special guest, my best friend and former uh, Heavy Metal Lunch co-host, James. So, dude, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Jamming James. So... (laughs) So for anybody who doesn't know already, uh, James and I had a podcast back probably around 2007, 2008. Was that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We had a podcast called The Heavy Metal Lunch. Heavy Metal Lunch. Heavy Metal Lunch. And before we even knew of a band called Mastodon, I went by Mastodon. You didn't know Mastodon existed back then? Uh Uh-uh. I didn't. Oh, that's funny. No, I just I, I did. <laughs> I just figured I just thought that you know I was like mastodon. It was like a you know dinosaur. You know, you were a big hairy lumbering beast. Of course, dude. That's <laughs> not much different than reality, bro. You know, but so anyway, so so James and I spend a lot of time every day talking about music. I mean, we literally talk every day about music, and so I figured I would just have to have him on to talk about just random bullshit. There's no script, when, no so, nothing. So when's the last time we were talking about music? <laughs> Actually, we were just talking about music probably about 10 minutes ago, and the t- which I can't wait. I think we should just go ahead and start with this, is that I am a Kingdom Come fan. So for those of you who are old enough to remember Kingdom Come, you probably also remember them being called Kingdom Clone because they sounded just like Led Zeppelin to a T. I fucking love those first two Kingdom Come albums. You know, the debut album and Kingdom Come in Your Face, I think is just great. I just wanted to say Kingdom Come. Wait, it it actually is called in your face yeah the album is called in your face oh, man lord it's awesome because it was awesome because people you know the dj would be like this is a this is a new song from kingdom come in your face <laughs> yes mm. we're all 12 years old <laughs> so but anyway so so i was i was expressing my my love for that the first kingdom come record and and of course, James was very like, hey, I don't like it. Sounds like Zeppelin. So, so speak your part, man. <laughs> thank, thank you for completely doing my voice correctly. I, I really appreciate that. Well, because yeah, you know you have to start everything out with. We uh. <laughs> it, it started because I think you had, um, you know, you, you talk about these random bands all the time. And I'm like, sure, I'll give it a listen because you're like, oh, dude. I love this Kingdom Come in your face. It's so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, I'll give it a listen. So you're going to make me a playlist. And Thank then... you for doing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, bro. Dude, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you were going to make me a playlist. And, uh, and then I guess you couldn't figure out what to put on it because you were going to put the whole first album on anyway because it's so amazing, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> actually, do you have like, are you friends with the guys in the band? Are they gonna hear this and be like, Nah, oh, man, didn't like my music. Nah, man, I don't know okay. anybody in Kingdom Come, man. I interviewed, I interviewed the singer Lenny Wolf once, uh, okay. and he was a super, super, super cool guy, man. Like, I really like, you know, he was, he was awesome to talk to. So, but um, 
you know, I mean, that's about as far as my relationship okay. with them goes. Well, I, I didn't know because I know you're friends with a lot of these bands and they're, you know, because they hold up pictures of your book and uh, and all that stuff. So I was just like, well, maybe. But so, okay, so it goes, I can talk trash about it. Awesome. <laughs> Damn. So you, you, your, your idea was, okay, listen to the first album and then tell me what you think. So I listened today and not for me, man. I don't dig it. <clears throat> well, so what was it? like that that you just didn't like because this is what i don't understand is that i think that even though they sound like zeppelin like exactly like you know like i'm I'm not (laughs) that's it that's it they sound like zeppelin exactly they're trying too hard to sound like zeppelin it's like if you have to purposely write a song that's as close to cashmere as possible without getting jimmy page to sue you then you have a problem right yeah, I guess so. I mean, th- but to me, it's not any Man, different. Man, I was, I was really hoping that, that was going to be a cover of T-Rex. I was like, oh, they're going to get it on. Cool. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank God they didn't. But I don't know, man. Did, like, didn't uh, like Power Station do that back in the 80s? They covered... Oh, I thought T-Rex bang, bang covered, covered Power State. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, they, they totally... T-Rex covered Power Station. <laughs> Dude, I love that Power Station cover that T-Rex did. It's like it's like my buddy Chris. He he always he always like. I think I think he always gets like, his ulcer flares up whenever I say, "Dude, I love it that Tommy Boland did that cover of the Motley Crue song teaser." You know, <laughs> <laughs> he gets super upset about that. But anyway, yeah, Loggins and Messina covered Motley Crue as well. <laughs> no, they covered Poison, dude. No, it was, it was Brownsville Station that covered the crew. Brownsville right. Station that covered crew. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were they were just stupid. You know, but I don't know. Okay, so like now you have like bands like like Greta Van Fleet who sound just like fucking Zeppelin, but like I don't think their songs are good. But see, I thought that with Kingdom Come, I thought their songs were actually good. Like I was like, you know, lyrically they're fun, musically I was like, yeah, it's I mean, it's like just a bunch of Zeppelin songs thrown together. You know, but I don't know. I thought they were just well executed, you know, fun to listen to. And, you know, I mean, that's a fun record for me, man. I still listen to it, you know? I mean, I know you do. I think you listen to it every day. That and uh, Grim Reaper. You sort of like rotate back and forth. <laughs> I do listen to a lot of Grim Reaper, actually. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't a terrible listen. It didn't like piss me off or anything. I mean, it's not like I'm some like diehard Zeppelin fan and I'm just like totally offended. I'm just like. You're trying too hard. Right. Like, just do what you do. Well, let the influence be there. Totally, that's awesome. But don't purposely try to clone them. Don't, like, you know, be Robert Plant. Let it come naturally. It's okay. Well, so, I mean, I, I thought the first six songs, you know, through Get It On were kind of... It was, it was too far into trying to be Zeppelin. And then the last four songs... Uh, sounded more natural and they were more enjoyable Eh, I mean I don't know I think that I just I look at everything and listen to everything as like do I like this right here now like not caring that like oh this sounds just like so and so it's like you know do I enjoy listening to this like is the music played well is the I mean dude to be honest like for, for anyone to say that guy sounds just like Robert Plant 
dude, I'd kill for someone to say like say that, you know, as opposed to like, God, that guy sounds like he just ate a box of thumbtacks, you know. Like, I, don't, I don't think your band would sound right with Robert Plant singing. Well, dude, if I could sing like that, I wouldn't have this kind of band. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'd form Kingdom Come too, right. or Kingdom Come again. <laughs> Kingdom Come back, please. Kingdom Come twice, you know, but you know, like something like I don't know, but. You know, so anyway, so so just another bit of history too between well, but, me and James but, is that we always get, just butt heads at music. That, before you get to that, yeah, um, it's it's not a matter of me not like thinking. Oh, it's it sounds like Zeppelin, therefore I don't like it. Right. It's more like this is fine, mm-hmm. but it sounds too much like Led Zeppelin. There's 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 a difference there. You know, it's like my first reaction is, do I like it or not? It's okay. It's fine doesn't move me doesn't make me want to get up and mosh slam into shit doesn't make me want to like raise my fist and yell did led zeppelin do any of that yeah (laughs) led zeppelin wanted you to mosh like you wanted to mosh to led zeppelin really like you don't don't mosh to immigrant song you don't like fucking raise your hand up like you're holding the biggest apple in the world and scream and headbang and shit like when they like get off your fucking asshole and fucking rock you know, like, anyway. So, what were you saying about something with heavy metal lunch, right? No, well, I mean, it's it's just. I think it's just so funny that you know, for being best friends, we sh- we always give each other shit about just music oh, in general and like what we listen to. And so, you know, James is a huge Frank Zappa fan, and like oh, if yeah. if I turned the mic over to him, he'd talk. You know, probably about two hours about Zappa, which he he could probably very easily do. Yes, I don't like Zappa, but I think it's just one of those things that's so interesting that like we can meet in the middle with so many things, but then just be on like the polar opposites on so many other things. You know, right? Um, like, would you say that that's kind of what makes our friendship like even more like? I don't know, like, like, almost like it would be too boring if we were just like, oh yeah, man, we like all the same bands, you know? Like, how 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 okay is it for you to love a band that someone else just is like, nah, not really? Well, it's, you know, it's more that, that I love Zappa in particular. I love his music. It means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really moves me and inspires me. And I want you to share that same love, you know, because like, you're my best friend and it's like god darn this fucking music is fucking amazing and i want you to see it but you're like ah he sings about uh, juvenile stuff hey, and titties I, don't like and beer. His, I don't like the crazy voices you know and it's just like <laughs> but but to answer to really answer the question uh, i think it's fine um but it's it's just sort of you know this constant going back and forth of oh, check this band out or check this band out. And, you know, we have stuff that we agree on. I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of shows together. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we raged at Graveyard last year. Yeah, two nights in a row, epic. man. Yeah, man. And, uh, but then there's there's stuff that, that you are, like, really passionate about. And it I'm indifferent to it. And same for me. Yeah. Well, so, cool. like, I love just about everything that's over the top, you know, like, you know, and for yes, you do. I'm sure people listening know what that means. Like over the top is just like, you know, it's like on eleven. You know, like if like if. But 10, do you do you like the winner takes it all? <laughs> That's what I need to know. Oh man, 
terrible San Diego song. That's <laughs> why. Why would you even bring that up into like over because, the because top you, shit? You mentioned over the top, and I think of that stupid movie when oh. Stallone turns his hat around backwards. And like, it's a movie about arm wrestling. I, mean, come I on. remember and that, then, dude. Doesn't he arm wrestle for a truck? Like, do you remember that? Like, wasn't it like, like he was like an 18 wheeler and he was like arm wrestling for a truck. Do you remember that? Like, that was just like, the 80s were fucking crazy. And like he won and then he got those like sweet, shiny looking like cab, you know? And I just remember thinking like, that's a movie. You know? That's funny. (laughs) But no, I mean, but anyway, like, so like over the top is just, you know, just, you know, like, uh, you know, vocals that just like, you know, it's because you love white wizard. Just admit it. Well, so to me, that was kind of what started that whole thing for me was that like, I never really had a way to describe like those kinds of bands, you know, and then white wizard came out with the over the top album, which literally was over the top, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, this is it. This is what over the top is. It's like, was that the name of the album? Yeah. Just the song? Okay. Yeah. It was also the album. But it was so just, you know, the vocals are just like, you know, re- like notes that are so ridiculous. Like they just make you laugh, you know, yes. and like, you know, so like I just I think because growing up as a kid, you know, Grim Reaper, Venom, shit like that. Like, you know, to me, that was just all like completely over the top, just ridiculous. But like I loved it. And there's a lot of bands that do that. But what was it about that music that you didn't? necessarily like and that you still don't um i don't know subtlety (laughs) there's nothing subtle about grim reaper bro (laughs) no no there's nothing subtle about john leon either (sighs) no we will not give him any any time on this show but oh yeah sorry (laughs) scratch that delete that part over like my friend sebastian bach too you know you you need like a seven second delay anytime i say the words john leon (laughs) I'm just going to bleep it, you know? <laughs> like, right. Beep. beep. <laughs> but I mean. But I don't know. But I, mean, I appreciate over the top stuff more now than I did back then when I was, mm-hmm. you know, in high school. Um, but yeah, I was more into subtlety, you know, rather than like, I'd rather listen to Adrian Smith play guitar solo than listen to, I don't know, Jim Gillette. Yeah, you know, like that. That shit was just like I I don't give a crap. It's boring to me. Dude, you don't you don't do your um your your like metal master vocal video practices. Well, I do. (laughs) I mean, every day. Dude, if anyone has ever seen that, the Jim Gillette, like, you know, vocal, I think, I, I can't remember what it was called. It was like, it was like vocal, like metal. It was advertised in all guitar player magazines. Yeah. And like. Guitar it, for the practicing musician. And it always had a picture of him holding like a, uh, like a shattered champagne glass. Cause apparently he could, he cracked a champagne glass with his voice. He hit a note so high or whatever. And yes. It's, it, yeah, this is, that's <laughs> over the top. Like, but. I also think that I have to go by a song by song, band by band thing because, like, you know, of course. Nitro was all the suck. Like, and they were like completely over the top, you know, with like the, you know, the, you know, the four necked guitar and shit, you know. But if, if you if you live constantly over the top, there it's like you're not you're just out there. You're not even doing anything that's grounded. You're just high notes and playing a million miles an hour with four necks and. 
Like, what's the point? Yeah, I think that that's why I just... Like, when I'm in that mood, I can listen to a lot of it. But then, like, you know, I have to break it up with, you know, some nice psych rock or, you know, some classic metal. But, man, like, all those classic new wave of British heavy metal bands. I mean, even Maiden, you know, like... I mean, seriously... Invaders, that's some over the top shit right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of instances on the Number of the Beast album, like the, the fucking video for Number of the Beast is way over the top. Oh, totally. Yeah. With the, the dancers and Satan and the person in the mask holding up the numbers, all that crap, and then at some point Godzilla comes in, you're like, what the fuck is that? I, well, but I mean, like, if you think about that whole movement, like, yeah, like Maiden. And you had Priest and Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister. You had uh, Grim Reaper. You had Accept. You know, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> Crocus, Saxon. <laughs> like, all these bands. They were just like, they just did things and had songs that were just completely over the top. That's no, there's no way to really describe it. But, um,. Are you, you're more like me in that sense that you kind of look at a band as like, I'm going to listen to this band, not so much as a, like, I like this genre type of thing. No, I mean, I, I, I quit giving a shit about genre back when I was in high school, you know, yeah. when I was 15. It, like, it, it didn't matter at that point because you'd hear something that was cool. And you're like, well, that sounds like, for instance, you know, I'm sitting here listening to a ton of Maiden and Metallica and Anthrax, and then I hear Rush. I'm like, oh, this is totally different, but it's fucking badass. Right. And then so I can move in that direction, you know, so it, so it doesn't matter, it, you know, genre, who cares? If it's good, it rocks. Oh. Great songwriting, you know, it's all that matters. You know, it's like I just had this thing about death metal where I posted something the other uh, couple weeks ago i guess it was and i was like you know somebody you know tell give me some death metal to listen to you like you know tell me what it is you love and let me listen to it and somebody commented back and it said don we already know what your feelings are about death metal so quit you know fucking around yeah, with this clickbait you do that like about five years ago <laughs> i did As, but like death metal request i did but that's how i found out that i really liked morbid angels covenant album you know like you know, I picked like five death metal albums, I think, and I listened to them all straight through. Yeah. And, you know, some of them, you know, I had an appreciation for them after that, you know, but it, some of it just didn't resonate with me. And, you know, like the Morbid Angel album I thought was really cool. But again, it was, it was just kind of funny that, you know, people were just like, oh, we know how you feel about death metal. It's like, well, yeah, I feel that way about death metal vocals. You know, like because well, you, you talk shit about death metal a lot, right? But that's why everybody knows. But you know what, dude? It's like you know. I mean, you know, I hate tomatoes, but if some ends up on a pizza, I'm gonna try it. You know what I mean? And just you know, who knows? I might like it. Pizza. You know? Well, yeah, too. But um, I don't know. Because because you're still like eh, it's heavy metal. I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot because I love this music. Well, the other thing, too, is that I'm also older than I was when I did that, like, say, like, five years ago, four years, you know, however long ago I did it, you know, yeah. and I don't know. I feel like I've just been exposed to so many different styles of metal and different varying degrees of heaviness and 
just disgusting genre tags which that's another thing man like what happened with genre tags like it used to just be what like hard rock or metal you know right like I don't know but you also you also had like speed metal and thrash metal and black metal or death metal or whatever you know so you had you had a few but it wasn't like it is now where it's you know death viking black thrash folk (laughs) Death you know, Viking Black Thrash. That's awesome. I, I love that shit. It's my favorite. It's the it's the best genre ever. Well, but that's the thing is that you know, with like all these genre tags and whatnot, you know, these subgenres, it, it just makes me wonder why why can't they just? I, I mean, is it just their way of keeping things spread apart, or you know, or from getting or from letting a certain genre get too vast? To, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who who puts them in that genre? Is it the band that says we're Viking Black Death Thrash, or is it a bunch of fans? I don't know. I mean, I I think sometimes it's in the hands of the the PR people. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, like you know, if I get a press release for some band and they've called it Blackened Death Metal, seriously, like Blackened Death Metal, like the See, first that makes thing. Makes me think like. Louisiana cooking, you know. That's what I was gonna say. I just picture this like perfectly seasoned metal band, you know, right? In a skillet, hungry, you know, (laughs) just like, you know, eating the meat off their bones. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's lunchtime somewhere, which is pretty much a can every Cannibal Corpse song, you know. But um, it's lunchtime in California. It's exactly, exactly. So anyway, so I put out my book this year, and I got to tell my whole story though, but. You know, how did my I, I love the book, by the way. It's great. Oh, well, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'll checks in the mail, dude. But uh, well, so like, what was what was your introduction to metal? It was um, well, I mean, there there are kind of two. I mean, obviously, growing up, you heard stuff on the radio. Like the first metal song that I remember hearing that I liked was "Round and Round" back in '84, but mm-hmm. I, it didn't make an impact on me other than oh i like that song because i was eight you know right um but but actually for getting into it purposes it was iron maiden when i was um 13. so now you had an older you have an older brother though like how much of that did kind of did that kind of play into because you know as we talked about in my you know as i talked about my book is that i didn't really have an older brother but you know, like most kids, you either have an older brother or you have a friend who has an older brother. <laughs> well, see, I had a friend, but it was it was my friend. You know, it was him, a dude same age as me. You know, uh-huh. uh huh. My friend Brian, and he was like, and he had gotten into Maiden, and then he was responsible for getting my brother because I moved because my parents split up, and I moved to California with my dad, mm-hmm. and so everyone else was. You know, I grew up in Texas, and everybody else was there. And they sort of all of a sudden became metalheads, you know, and gotten into this stuff. And I was in California doing my own thing. And then so they're all like, hey, check this shit out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but it was, you know, and I was back for the summer, um, the summer of, of 89. And, um, you know, we just were listening to Live After Death literally every day. And then it just, it clicked with me, you know, well, so- grabbed me and. That was it. What was it about? I mean, like, why why metal and say not like why not? I don't know. 
top 40 radio or like hip hop or whatever like, like what was it about metal that was like oh my uh, I love the uh, the musicianship I mean because I was a big Journey fan I started listening to Journey when I was 10 and you know it's funny like now at the time three years doesn't matter but back then three years was like a lifetime almost and so I was big into Journey and I loved the, the guitar playing and the singing and the songs and everything with that with them mm-hmm. and Maiden, it was just an olive metal, really, listening to Metallica or whoever. Right. It was that these guys are really fucking good musicians. Like, I love the guitar playing. I obviously love the bass playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was what inspired me to pick up the bass and become a musician. So it was just like all these things where it's like these these guys are making this just like high-quality music, great musicianship, and great songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it had in-depth lyrics, and it had you know exciting music and just fantastic guitar solos and like everything every layer that, that i could imagine of greatness was there in iron maiden oh yeah i mean it's so funny because i feel like most people our age that's it's like the same handful of bands it's maiden it's dio it's sabbath it's uh it's metallica 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 used to be you know i mean like you know well well, metallica was a little later for me because i didn't i didn't really stumble on them until you know the ride the lightning album but even then you know like they were that was a pretty extreme thing you know to, to hear but you know i don't know i just feel like that people our age had that same kind of handful of bands that was just the you know the catalyst for us to you know go deeper into the genre and find other bands yeah you know but what i loved i mean i back when i was a kid i mean besides listening to journey i listened to pop radio because it was you know the radio and i listened to it and so i knew all that stuff but hearing stuff like maiden and metallica and megadeth uh, like the the songs were way more intense and, and not in a sort of devil kind of a way but like the, the quality of the songwriting, the shit that they were singing about, and you know, just the the seriousness of it all, it was just like it had so much more depth than pop music, right? You know, than Will to Power or whatever the fuck was going on at that time. Come on, dude, Taylor Dane, bro. <laughs> Tell it to my heart. <laughs> See, the, you know, that's the other thing too. Is that one of the things I always loved about heart, like hard rock metal music heavy music in general was that it always seems to be at least for me kind of a bridge to meeting you know some of the coolest people in my life and you know it changed everything yeah i mean before i I even met you you know you were you were in a different band with the same singer that i was had a band with and you know, she was telling me about you, and she was like, "Oh, he loves Iron Maiden." I'm like, "Oh, really? Well, well, well t- tell him to hear. Give him this." You know, <laughs> it was like that. I mean, I mean what, a, what a great way to meet somebody. You're, you're like, "Hey, I'm this folk singer. Here's this Iron Maiden bootleg. Here's this Iron Maiden bootleg from the Killer Store." <laughs> You know, and it's like, and then like the next week, I gave you one from like the what turned out to be the, the same tour, but I thought it was from the Number of the Beast tour because wrong information on the label. No, didn't wasn't it? Was you it still the, have that? No, no, because it was listed as like March fourth, nineteen eighty two, or some bullshit. But it was actually 
uh, one of those first shows that Bruce did with the band in Italy, like the sort of, you know, breaking in show. That's, yes, yes, yes. I still it was, have it. Was, it. Uh, a show from Milan, not a show from Hammersmith. And he did all the... Um he did like all Diana songs, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I think I still have that actually. It's not like the it's greatest. Great quality, he sounds like Dio great. in that show. He's like really gruff and dark. <laughs> I love it. He was still smoking all that weed, man. Jesus, <laughs> come on. But I don't know. Like I, <laughs> him and Davey light it up every night. <laughs> like, you know I, it. man, you know, and it, it, I think that so many people who listen to heavy music, as corny as it is, like you always hear people talk about how like, you know, oh, you know, metal fans, it's like, you know, you know we're, we're like a family and we're like a, you know, and I, I kind of believe that because there's this kind of, I don't know, like people probably wouldn't agree, but I always kind of equated metalheads to like deadheads in the sense that, you know, metalheads are pretty much a subculture, you know, mm-hmm. or a counterculture, I should say, of you know, pe- we go to shows, you know, you see each other, we all hug it out, you know, we all party in the parking lot beforehand, party in the lot after, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, so from from an audience standpoint, like I always thought of metal fans as being this, again, like this kind of countercultural m- movement where. Because we had music that was like outcast music. Yeah, because we look different. We have, we have long hair and all these black t-shirts because all of them were fucking black, and with these weird designs on them. And we listen to this <laughs> satanic music. Lay down your souls to the gods, rock and roll. It's funny. I didn't know any satanists back then, but everyone, you know, the image was that all of us were just like, oh, so satanic. I didn't. So dark. I didn't know a single satanist uh you know like you know it was it was so funny because my my thought was was like no i just like the music i don't give a fuck about satan who cares (laughs) i mean my thought was that you know if there were people who were satanists they weren't the ones out there they they weren't going you know i'm a satanist right (laughs) right it was like they they probably weren't listening to slayer (laughs) no they were like listening to like kate bush you know and she you know <laughs> she's totally satanic you know, Montavani Orchestra you know stuff like that Jackie right? Gleason <laughs> Mario Lanza but <laughs> but I don't know I mean I just love the fact that you know like at least for us like metal was what kind of brought us together and, and what connected us and it's it connects you know me with so many people and it's created such a good I thought it was lunch that brought us together like we just loved eating well, that was where the whole heavy metal lunch came from. Was it was, was more about going and getting Chinese buffet. Seriously, like, <laughs> I mean, we used to we used to take like the most epic, you know, like two hour lunches. Uh, if anyone that James works with is listening, it was actually it was a, they don't. It was actually forty five <laughs> minutes though. But uh, right, it was it was totally forty five minutes. We would never take two hour lunches multiple times per week. But you know, but I, <laughs> and just like sit in your office with your hot with your hot pink. Kramer and oh, um, yeah. oh, with the that guitar's fucking metal with the Floyd Rose that <laughs> doesn't stay in tune yeah there's an ad for you <laughs> but like that was the thing is that, you know so we started out just hanging out just like 
eating lunch, talking about metal. And of course, all we really had to talk about was, you know, the old days, you know, and, you know, I didn't really have my finger on the pulse of what was really going on with modern metal and the fact that I just didn't like it, you know, but then, you know, what was happening in 2006 metal wise? I mean, you you had the older bands making albums, but like who were the new bands? Yeah. I mean, like at least some, you know, some of these bands were around. I just didn't know about them, you know? And I think that's why I was so shocked when I started doing the blog, you know, in 2009 when all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm hearing bands you know, like again, like White Wizard and like um, Striker and Holy Grail, and I'm going like these are all young bands. Like this is crazy that they're playing this kind of music that I grew. When up... did you hear Three Inches of Blood? Was that around the same time? That was a little later. I think it was about oh, okay. maybe it was about 2011, maybe. 2010 2011 was when i first heard three inches of blood and to me i was just like good god that's like fucking you know it's like thrash metal king diamond you know and it was just just so much blew me away and it just kind of opened my mind to just go wow like there's this you know we really hit a renaissance of some point with metal music and i don't know if i would have known about it had i not done this blog yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, how do you, how do you think? I mean, or would we have heard of it? Would we have heard about it? I mean, probably not. I mean, I mean, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you would have heard of Mastodon eventually. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like you know, I mean, would we be using? I mean, we'd probably be using Spotify. I would assume. Probably, you know? but. And then would we find stuff, find the stuff through, I don't know, like the related artists thing? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean, mean, it's, it's like anything where you, you, you have a meeting of something like you meet somebody or you, you know, have an event and it leads to something else and that leads to something else and that leads to something else. And that's how you get to where you are. You know, it's just like this random series of chance, you know, like the rush song goes to the chance, you know, it's like, you could be, you know, it's just like this one in a million shot that all these decisions in my life mm-hmm. led up to the point of where I met you and then we got together and we talked about heavy metal and then you started your blog and you started listening to other things and you heard about Graveyard and you heard about Three Inches of Blood and you heard about Just the Ancient Ones and Brave and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, all this fucking awesome music. It was like this whole other world that's out there that I just, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't have even imagined but i don't know maybe it's one of those type of things that generally I, i'm not a, i'm not a big believer and stuff like that but like there's a significant amount of faith there i think you know where people like you and i are such m- devoted music people that to find stuff like this is like we were meant to know about this stuff because it just at least for me it completely reignited this passion for and not even just heavy music, but music in general. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, it wasn't fate for me. I think it was just a, a cool series of things that happened. You know, but I'm definitely glad it happened. I think it's been great. I mean, I, I mean, I never lost any sort of fire for music that I loved. It was just there wasn't new music. There was 
the old shit, which I'm cool with. And there's like so much music to go explore from, you know, the past 60 plus years more, mm-hmm. you know, but, but to, to have new music is great because it's, it's a different sort of uh, thing that you latch on to. Like when you're getting into a band and they've had two or three albums out, you know, right. one album and you're like, Oh, this, this is the band. I'm going I'm to follow these guys. And, you know, you follow their social media now, and you look at their website and watch the videos on YouTube and all this cool shit. And um, and then it's like it means more rather than you know how I feel about the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or you know whoever from the '60s. Right. You know, it's it's great music, but you know it's not just the ancient ones. It's it's because that means more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I totally know what that is. Okay, so we were just talking, and you said something about, like, you've mentioned Just and the Ancient Ones and Graveyard a, a yeah, couple times. Rule. Yeah, and obviously they do because, you know, they're, you know, some of our favorite bands, but yeah. pretty different from what you and I grew up listening to. So, what was it about those bands that, you know, I mean, like, what was it that appealed to you? that made you kind of go like oh like this band deserves my attention uh, you know songwriting i mean i think that that's always the the first thing for me is when i hear something that's just like a really good song you know like the, the first thing i heard with, from you thank you was uh from just the ancient ones was astral sabbath and i was you know i remember you're like oh check this out dude this, this sounds pretty cool and i was like you know watching the video it's like oh yeah this is really interesting and weird and different but it's a really good song and it sounds like scooby-doo music <laughs> it's great <laughs> zoinks a ghost's coming but it's, it's cool because they were they were tapping into something that no one else was really doing and then we saw them live open for king diamond and they put on such an amazing show mm-hmm. um so all i knew from them i'm pretty sure was just that song and but seeing them live i mean they were so good and it was really mind-blowing and then so at that point i was like i've got to get everything that they've ever released right <laughs> now today because um yeah, I mean, all, and all of it is just great. Everything they've ever done has been excellent. Yeah, it's funny because I wasn't even really like aware of the whole like occult rock kind of thing. Like, I kind of knew it was a thing, but like, didn't really know much about it. Like, no, I had no idea. You know, like, I mean, I knew that there was kind of like, yeah, I knew there was like, you know, obviously black metal, you know, like Venom and right, you know, right. all those, you know, the, the kind of darker satanic kind of bands but you know here are these bands that were playing this kind of subtle melodic almost like it's hard to explain like like almost like sometimes it was almost like 60s a go-go kind of stuff (laughs) do you know what i mean and like Mm -hmm. but like you're listening to the lyrics and it's they're very what's the word like left-hand path kind of thing you know i mean like it's definitely touches on a darker thing but without it's different because so much of it wasn't like usually when you hear stuff like that you know music with those kind of lyrics it's really fast really heavy right you know it's black metal and you know and this was like totally different and and so that's where it stands apart 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that was the thing with these bands was that, yeah, I think starting with Graveyard, even though Graveyard isn't really, it isn't a cult rock, it was that kind of music. Where well, they, they mentioned Satan a few times on the first album. <laughs> yeah, which I, I never really wondered. I always wondered if it was like metaphorical more than anything. I don't know. But like, I just remember when I heard Graveyard, I was just like, like they said they looked exactly how they sounded like just kind of grungy dirty rock and roll you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. got like a lot of snarl and attitude to it but you know coming out in a time where i was pretty much just exposed to a lot of heavy metal music you start hearing bands like blues pills and graveyard and um scorpion child you know which i feel like those were the the bands that kind of opened that they were that like the gateway for me to kind of go into and discover so many of these other bands that were you know just in the ancient ones like entropy children of the sun bands like that you know like it's music that i love but it's not music that i necessarily thought i would ever hear (laughs) out of new bands right do you know what i mean yeah well, Graveyard, I mean, like you were saying, Graveyard was first, I think. Yeah. Before Just the Angel Ones, by, you know, a couple of years. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it was something off his singing blues. It was either that song or Uncomfortably Numb or something like that mm-hmm. that you had played for me. And that was, it was interesting, you know. And that was, Graveyard was one that took a little bit longer to really fully appreciate, you know. I mean, I, I think it was after after Lights Out came out, maybe, or somewhere around there. Right. Uh, that I was like, oh, okay, this is this is serious shit. This is really good. And yeah. then seeing them live just blew uh, away. Well, that's the other thing, is that I feel like, you know, seeing live bands now, especially that play music, like this kind of music, you know, it's very much a stripped-down meat and potatoes kind of, you know, no, it's, no, it's real, dude. It's, it's like, the real deal. That's when, when we saw Graveyard last year. Uh, that's the thing that struck me. It was like this is just real, honest music. There's no bullshit. Right. And I love seeing bands where there's no bullshit. You know, we love Kiss, but there's a lot of bullshit that Kiss does. Right. They have the stage and the costumes and the fire and the blood and whatever. But you have a, a band like Graveyard, and they do have a light show, but it's solely the music and and the dudes up on stage singing and playing their asses off mm-hmm. and it's just a way more moving experience <laughs> well so because i totally always real. always wonder about bands like the growing up and going to shows in the 80s and stuff seeing all these metal bands like part of me like i miss those like stage productions you know, like the stairs and the ramps and the <laughs> you know kind of like what king diamond has hit the road with you know over the past you know few years where he made well, Maiden's, his, you know last year's maiden show was an amazing stage production it was their biggest stage production to date it looked wonderful it, it was, was fantastic it was incredible you know so like you know and even priest you know playing theaters you know of course it's not as elaborate as maiden but boy it was i mean it was great you know had had you know the screen behind it with all kinds of cool visuals and stuff so it's like i like equate that kind of performance with bands like that so of course sometimes when i look at a band like graveyard or just in the ancient ones i wonder 
would that music be the same or would it would it would it make as much of an impact on me if there was all the smoke and mirrors even though they don't need it yeah i mean i'd love to see them get that successful to so we could see if it works but um for now who knows I don't know I got I got really high one night and I was and I was imagining <laughs> like the other three or four nights a week, um, but like I had this image of graveyard on stage with the stage production from Ozzy's Diary of a Madman tour. Oh shit! Do you know what I'm talking about with like the yeah, big fucking yeah. castle looking? Like I was like that as a doubt. Like graveyard would just rock that stage setup, you know because. Really, the only thing you had going there was what the fucking stairs that went up to the drums, you know, like. But I, I can't see those dudes running up and down the stairs. I can't either. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not those type of musicians. They're not like Ozzy. Thankfully, they're not like Ozzy. Well, you know, and and that's what I wonder a lot is that. You know, like I like I've talked to certain bands about stuff like this, and I remember talking to. Um, Oh, I think it was I think it was Cam Pipes from Three Inches of Blood, and we that were talking. That dude's a hell of a singer. Oh Jesus my Christ. God, man! Talk about a band that should have but wasn't. Man, that was just. I yeah, they they, they wrote some fantastic songs. God, they were. I so, wish I could have seen them live because their songs are so good. So much fucking fun live, but you know, like I remember talking to talking to Cam, and I, oh, I was asked to tell him, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, do you ever wish like you guys could have? Or no, I remember what it was. It was like you know, if you guys were playing arenas, what would your stage look like? And he was just like, oh man, Jesus Christ, dude, they'd be fucking <laughs> stairs and ramps, and he goes, and they'd be like, you know probably even like Dio's dragon blowing fire all over the, you know, like he, I mean, he had already had the image in his head. You know, you could tell. That's a band that needs a dragon, like totally needs one. But it also would have tied in more with the aesthetic of like what the band looked like. And then even some of the, just the lyrical content of the songs, which again, going back to that over the top stuff, you know? Yeah. But they backed it up with, with well-written songs and great music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just an over-the-top gimmick with, with no substance underneath of it. I mean, it was funny. It's like one of the only singers I could ever think of that sounded close to King Diamond. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was this, this Canadian guy. <laughs> no one sounds close to King Diamond, though. That dude is out of control. You know, that... Yeah, and that's you know, speaking of King Diamond, you and I saw King Diamond together when he did his big comeback tour. Yeah, with, with Justin the Ancient with Ones. Just and the Ancient Ones. And like what was it like show. what was it like for you to see King Diamond for the first time? Oh, it was wonderful. Man, it was just cuz I'd been a fan since uh Conspiracy and to to see this dude who's in my mind a legend you know, and I, I love his music so much, and to um, to get to see him live and have him surpass what I thought he would do, it was amazing. Oh, great! I mean, it's almost like that's the kind of show you know, because I because I went and saw him when he came back um, again, like for the Abigail thing, and mm-hmm. it was a great show, but. I almost wish that I had not seen him then because the time before was so fucking stellar, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, it made me appreciate his music even more. 
yeah. which is what, what you always want in a live show. You want the live show to kick it, you know, to turn up to 11, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's like what bands like King Diamond, Just the Angel Ones, Graveyard, Maiden, all these great bands. You know, they're amazing on record, but then you see them live and it's that next level up mm-hmm. that just floors you. So if we hadn't stumbled upon these bands, say like, you know, God, life would suck. <laughs> I think Fuck so too, because house. it's so much of what I listen to now, you oh, know, yeah. but like, l- let's say like, you know, I moved here, didn't do the blog. Obviously you and I still talked every day, you know, whatever, but where would we have been musically? Like as far, I mean, would we have, would we just be talking about the same Maiden albums <laughs> and, King, and Kingdom Come albums? Rex's worship music a lot more. <laughs> Dude, that's a, that was a monster record. I man. know. It's fucking amazing. To me, that was like, that was such a comeback, man. That was such a, I mean, that was, yeah, that was. Yeah. A, so, so that's what we'd be talking about. We'd be talking about worship music. We'd probably be talking about Final Frontier still. <laughs> Which is still a great album, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because I was, I do think about this sometimes in the sense that, I, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like you said, like I have so much music from older bands that I grew up listening to. Yeah. And plus, there's you know, I mean, there's albums from these bands that I did, I don't even know what they sound like, you know, like there's. You know, I have like what two Saxon records, and there's like what like thirty five. You know, like I'm sure I'd be diving were, into were that. Were you gonna do an album by album with them at one point, or, or someone was talking? To yes, you about. somebody actually asked me if I would do an album by album challenge by uh, with Saxon, and I was and I was like, oh, you know what, that might be kind of cool. And then I saw how many albums they had. I was like, that's way too much Saxon, man. That's like that'd take me like a year. <laughs> You know, yeah, I was I was trying to convince you to do one for Queen, and you were like, "No, nah, 15's too many." Good God, man! I mean, because those albums were just yeah, there were so many, you know, just you know, albums, which is like kind of like what I've been having fun doing, like the the track by track thing now, because I feel like yeah, those are great. I feel like that's been more um, doable, you know. But at the same time, I feel like it also gives me a new appreciation for the albums because I'm having to listen to it. Right. You know, so what from back in the day do you feel like has not held up? Well, uh, <laughs> my first reaction was fish. No, um, metal wise. <laughs> uh, well, we know fish didn't, but you know, Hey, uh, um, you, you know, there was a period of time where I, was like anti-scorpions after liking them for a long time mm-hmm. i just thought they were too cheesy but then i came back around and was like oh god these guys are so melodic i love this shit um i mean really i'd probably say like motley Crue or some bullshit like that yeah you know what was like the other one their, they have their moments you know but ugh. but i don't i don't feel like that I don't feel like that it's timeless, you know, like, yeah. who was it you and I were talking about where we were saying that, the, oh God, who was it? I'm trying to remember now where we were like, there's, oh, Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Oh, yes. That is one that's definitely, see, it's like, I don't even care about it. That's how much I don't even think about it. But yeah, that, that does not stand the test of time. I mean, 
yeah, because I mean, when it came out, it was so gnarly, you know, and it was like this like seedy underbelly of heavy metal, you know, or of the you know Sunset Strip scene, you know, if like you know if like Poison and all them were about you know don't have nothing but a good time, you know, you know Guns and Roses was like shooting heroin in a fucking storage room, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> were rehearsed. So it's like, I remember just thinking, this is great. Like, it's so different and it's so ugly and just kind of shocking. And now I listen to it and I go, that that did not hold up well at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, not even in a classic rock standpoint, you know? Like, no, it just because sounds I listen to, you'll, you'll be happy with this. I actually listened to Back in Black yesterday, which I hadn't heard in fuck 30 years probably mm-hmm. like all the way through you right. know and uh and it's really solid it's it's quite enjoyable you know it's, i don't think it's as good as the stuff that came before it but it's a solid album mm-hmm. and as far as you, you put it on you know crank it sounds good you have a good time it holds up but appetite does not hold up so what do you think it was about it that that didn't hold like it's just silly like, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. So what is, what is it about an album, say, like, Appetite for Destruction, that doesn't sound timeless, but Back in Black, which came out, what, seven, eight years before it, mm-hmm. sounds as good now as the day it came out? Like, so what... Well, I think the songwriting is better on Back in Black. I think everyone would agree with that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the, just the sort of attitude and culture about Appetite... It, like, it doesn't matter. It's meaningless to me. Like, I don't care if someone's dancing with Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> dude, but, because, that, because but that old you, man's you a mean motherfucker, that. dude. <laughs> so you think about that in terms of, of, of that song and its impact from an emotional standpoint. And then you listen to something like Alice in Chains' Dirt, which is also about heroin. But it's just like... You get way more. There's way more emotional resonance right. with Alice in Chains than there's with fucking Guns N' Roses. Right. Or hell, even Blind Melon had the song Wilt that was about heroin. You know what I mean? And like, I listen to that song and I'm like, wow, that that carried much a much bigger impact than, you know, we've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> like it almost, like it's almost He's comical. Been he won't leave me alone. <laughs> that old man needs a real motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. It's, like, it's just it's terrible. I don't give a shit about that band anymore. I used to really love Guns N' Roses, and now I'm just like, ugh, it don't matter. I feel like they served a purpose in time, you know, like, <clears throat> but even now, yes. like, it's so funny, because it's like they came out, and they were the antithesis of, you know, Rat and... The other L.A. bands. Well, I'd rather listen to Rat any day. Poison, you know, whatever, dude. I'd rather listen to Rat any fucking day like matter of yeah, fact those, those dudes could fucking play and write good songs dude I, I i will i will put out of the cellar up against appetite for destruction any day seriously oh, yeah, completely. people think that's crazy but i'm just like really can you t- honestly tell me that it, back for more isn't a better song than sweet child of mine <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like it's just so ridiculous to me but I mean, t- that's a band that's completely, I felt like was overrated, you know? Yes. For a band that put out, what, four or five albums? Oh, I guess they had six. Isn't that the Chinese democracy crap? And they put out the Paschetti incident? <laughs> Who 
Was that was that like covers or I never even I never even heard it. I didn't care. Like the the Spaghettio incident or something like that. Yeah. Yes. I think I think it was I think it was all I think it was all covers. If I'm if it shows you how much I know because I didn't even buy the shit. So. Did you yeah. buy Use Your Illusion when it came out? Oh yeah, both of them. Yeah, I got su- yeah, boy, I got suckered into that. You know, I remember yeah. really liking two. Two was the one that I bought. That was the, the day it that came was out. the blue one. Like the Midnight Madness sale. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. I did that too. I bought I, I bought that. both of them. I bought one and two. You know, just... I, I got one like somewhere after that, like maybe a year after, and then the one was like not very good yeah had, had a few songs two was better but still you know i eventually was just like oh, i don't give a crap i don't know the, i just felt like it was just so weird to go from this kind of like street like you're in the jungle baby to like you know november rain <laughs> you know i was like so yeah i was like so you were like a street punk and now you're rich and you can afford a baby grand piano <laughs> And you want to be Elton John now? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's what it was, that he wanted to be Elton John. And he's not cool enough to be Elton John. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Well, so so what are some of the uh, older bands that you you listened to when you were younger that you found yourself gravitating towards now that maybe you even find yourself liking a little more? Things I like more. I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, besides Kingdom Come. Besides Kingdom, yeah, I was just the biggest fan, you know. Really, <laughs> I had <laughs> both of their albums. <laughs> there's actually like twelve. <clears throat> oh yeah, there's a lot. I, you know, when I was listening on Spotify, I was like, "There's a lot." I'm like, "Oh, they're still going." Well, oh, it's it's it was just Lenny Wolf. He just continued to make music. Though. Oh, and so believe it or not, some, those right. albums, some of those albums were fantastic. He had, they, he put out an album called Rendered Waters, which was fucking fantastic. But um, I might have to playlist that for you. See, don't you just love that we do, we're doing a podcast and it's just like a normal phone conversation, right? We're just talking. <laughs> Except you're asking me questions you wouldn't normally ask me. Because uh, I already know. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I mean, I still listen to Maiden a lot, of course. Um, and that never loses its significance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't listen to 80s Metallica that often, but when I do, it's still really meaningful. Mm-hmm. It still moves me. You know, listening to Master Puppets is still an amazing experience, as is something like Operation Mindcrime, you know. Which, which we talk about Queens right a lot in our normal lives. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think Mindcrime is still totally fantastic. Man, you talk about a band, though, that not only has material that stands the test of time, but that was so far ahead of their time, you know? That, mm-hmm. you know, like I remember when Rage for Order was out, they opened for Rat which is weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so weird. You know, it was Biloxi, Mississippi, 1987, Mississippi Coast Coliseum. Lillian Axe played first, then Queensryche played because they were doing, uh, they were torn for Rage for Order, and then Rat headlined. And so I remember, that was my, 
that was really like my first exposure to them. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, okay, so Walk in the Shadows, that's a pretty cool song. But I didn't... So were they still wearing all the really weird costumes at that point? Yeah. And like or the... had they gotten past that? No, they were wearing the really weird costumes and like the kind of like... You know, like the half flock of seagulls hairdo. Yes. And, yes. And then the drums had like the big fucking like, like pipes coming out. <laughs> <laughs> looks like looks like those corrugated like you know drain like pipes. Tubes. All over, yeah, exactly. Like they were just like <laughs> fucking like drain pipes all over his drums, you know, and like, but again, it was like I remember being young and hearing that album and not really getting it, and then by the time mind crime came out i was older and even though the concept kind of escaped me a little bit i remember thinking like this is very mature music you know yeah. compared to what other stuff i'm listening to but like now at 46 you know i think you and i talked about this too is that for some reason over the last year or so year and a half rage for order just made a huge like just showed up on my radar larger than life again and I started listening to it and now it's probably like my second favorite Queensryche record wow so I guess uh, Promised Land is your first one yeah mm -hmm. okay. and I love uh, you know and that's not to take away from Mind Crime because I think Mind Crime's absolutely brilliant but I think it also might just be the fact that Rage for Order felt like a new record for me do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, I listened to Mind Crime so much that, I mean, how you and I do quote the dialogue. Yeah, I mean, like, I can quote <laughs> all the dialogue in between songs, you know? You know of course. Why, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why did ah! You know, whatever, you know, but. So, fun fact, the uh, the newscast at the beginning of that album, yeah. uh, Mind Crime, is... Uh, a dude who was a newscaster in Dallas where I grew up. So like hearing his voice on record was a trip because like he was the NBC newscaster or whatever, CBS, I don't remember. But it was like, what the hell? How did, how did they choose that dude's voice? Oh, to, that's to be the, fucking the, the news reporter on mind crime, sports and weather next, you know, that shit. Well, you know, it's funny. Cause like, don't they have the same thing? As like with the Motley Crue thing, the whole like Doctor Davis telephone, please, like, like. I bet you that comes from like a sound effects CD. That's what I was gonna say. I feel like that that I heard someplace that that was like a stock. Yeah. Like a yeah. like a stock effect or something, or like a stock dialogue thing, you know, that mm -hmm. came with Doctor Davis telephone, please. <laughs> Doctor Davis telephone, please. You know, and then um, what was it? It's like the guy that did the intro that Doctor J Hamilton. Doctor J Hamilton. <laughs> Dr. Rocker telephone, please. Dr. Rocker telephone. Are you going to have Dr. Rocker introduce this episode? I don't know. You know what? So, 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 Dr. Rocker was was the the the, the mysterious voice that used to. He was our announcer for Heavy Metal Lunch. He was our announcer for Heavy Metal Lunch, and he has. Uh, now then, it's time. Now it's time for the for Heavy Metal, metal lunch. lunch. I feel like he's somewhere in Sweden right now, you know, but. If I can get a hold of him, man, I'm going to have him do the intro. To if this. I was a retired metal doctor, I would live in Sweden. Dude, okay, so... <laughs> okay, so we're already over an hour, which is awesome. So anyone who's still listening to this, you're a fucking trooper. <laughs> but, Good job. But so we, we've talked about this too. Is Almost all of my current favorite bands 
are either Swedish or they're you know, there's like the one or two from Finland and then there's you know we got some from um, the UK you like some German stuff too right so, yeah there's there's well so yeah Lucifer's uh, uh, that's like German Swedish you know I think you know you know that's kind of like you know that band is like a Heinz 57 of like all different you know nationalities but right um, but so you know see I mean all the bands I ever talk about, Graveyard, Blues Pills, Just and the Ancient Ones. Children of the Sun, Children they're of Swedish, the Sun, right? Cadaver, yeah, Cadaver's German. You know, Children of the Sun is Swedish. You know, so like, you know, Lycanthropy is Swedish. You know, so it's like, what is it? What are they doing right? <laughs> they're doing a lot right. I mean, I think all those Scandinavian countries are just doing it right. There's, I think there's probably... I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is the fact that the their governments actually support the arts, where ours doesn't. But where? But what are they doing sonically? You know, I mean, like in other words. I don't know. They're just they're just tuned into the right shit. We should go over there and investigate and find out. Be like Banger Films and go do a documentary. Yeah. That, that's that's how we get over there, dude. I'm telling you, man. That's how we convince our wives. <laughs> Let us go to Sweden. <laughs> hey, we got a grant, and we're going to go over to Sweden and Finland for like three months, you know? Hey, <laughs> just a documentary. Film a bunch of shit. Scandinavian heavy metal, and it's going to be epic as fuck, and it'll be great. Yeah. You know, I like, I, I would love to do that, but... It's like, God, like, where do you start, you know? But, like, I just think it was interesting, like, talking to a, you know, talking to someone like, you know, Jonathan from Graveyard, basically saying, like, that their big influence was, you know, Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac, who, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking was British based. But then right. you had <laughs> uh, the kids and children of the sun, who the oldest member of the band is 21, and uh, out of seven of them, and they, and he basically told me that what what influenced their band was Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> you know. And it's like wow, that's like way before their time. <clears throat> exactly, you know. And then of course, then you have Jess and the Ancient Ones. Who was it? Was it the Jesus Christ Superstar with Ian Gillen? Yeah, like yeah. the original one. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, it was the original one. You know, because I mean. But you know, so it's just interesting. You know, that shit's like, pretty over the top. I don't know if you've listened to that. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> dude. Anything with Ian Gillen is going to be over the That's top, true, man. Yeah. You know, like that dude did all the cocaine, like all of it. Like, like he, pro- like he probably beat up Steven Tyler and took his. You know, like it just, you know. But yeah, I was listening to, to, to Purple yesterday, and uh, Child in Time is just. It's crazy. It's like his screams on that song are monumental. I love it. Dude, nothing is better than okay. If, if you're listening, to this, like go to YouTube and look up Deep Purple into the fire live. That footage from like what was it? Like that classic footage from where they're playing in that television studio with all the kids sitting around and like. As the song progresses, whatever Ian Gillen took, you can it just starts to kick in. And as the song progressive, he gets progressively like more fucked up. 
know? <laughs> it's just like the most. Yeah, you am- can see it in his eyes and his face. It is the most amazing thing. And at one point, he like has the mic away from his mouth and he's talking. You know, like <laughs> it's like you can't. We can't hear you, dude. <laughs> but so yeah. So anyway, so circling back like a boomerang that we are like what is it about those bands though, that you think uh, that they're doing that and say like the American bands aren't you know like I, I I don't know I mean I don't know I don't know what the American bands are trying to do because whenever I hear it it's just not interesting to me mm-hmm. you know it's it's either this sort of like macho persona kind of a five finger death punch thing or it's it's like so image based here mm-hmm like, and uh, when Ghost isn't American, they're they're European, right? They're actually they're Swedish. They're right? Swedish, but, yeah. But, but it's it's crap like that. That's where it's this. We're gonna do this big production thing, and we have to have these mullets, and they're fantastic and <laughs> <laughs> fantastic mullets. Well, that see that circles around at the beginning. Uh, but um, that's a future band know. name right there. Fantastic mullets. Fantastic mullets. <laughs> Opening for Lillian Axe and <laughs> the Fantastic Mullets. It's like a tribute band. Live from the Biloxi Coliseum. Fantastic Mullets, which special guests, White Wizard. But you know, I always, I always said that like I wanted to form a, um, a, like form a metal cover band with a bunch of people like our age, and I was going to call it Sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. All our shows have to be done at like eight. <laughs> Cater, catering, catering at three. <laughs> I gotta go home and get to bed. <laughs> Doors at six. Show starts at seven. We're done at eight. <laughs> Later. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, dude, this was fun, man. I'm glad we yeah, did this. this. Great, We've been talking about doing this for a while. We're gonna have to do this again, definitely, and cover some more ground. But. I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I asked some of my, you know, some of the, the cool people, you some of the important people that I've interviewed. (laughs) Um, cause I'm curious to hear your answers for this. Okay. So, Okay. okay. What is one album, hard rock or metal that everybody should own? Tribute Ozzy. Mm. And why that one? Cause the guitar playing is, is like the Bible of heavy metal guitar playing. It's, out of this world good he sounds Randy Rhodes sounds so good on that album he makes those Black Sabbath songs sound like he wrote them oh Jesus dude that version of Children of the Grave is just disgusting man yeah (laughs) that's some over the top shit right there dude yeah so there you go everybody go by tribute alright if you could if you could play in any band for just one night who would it be? And I think I know this one, but um, as a bass player, I assume. Yeah, since you play okay. bass, yeah. I mean, I could go play drums for somebody. It would sound like shit, but I can do it. Um, I would probably want to play. Just don't play, play lap the... steel, dude. <laughs> You've heard my lap steel playing. It's god awful. I know. <laughs> it's like worse than my piano playing and my drumming. If they had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ugly I would, fucking I'd kid, say Frank dude. Band, honestly, do what? I'd say Frank Zappa. Frank, oh yeah, okay, that doesn't surprise. Me. That that'd be kind of interesting. Would, would you would you have thought I would have said Maiden? No, 
No, I, w- I thought you I, were. I, I would not do that. I would not do that. No, I know. I I figured you were going to say either Zappa or Crimson. You know. I think no, Zappa's I think more I up could, your alley. I could fit in musically with Zappa better than because I'm thinking in terms of like what those guys actually did. You know, John Wetton or Tony Levin and King Crimson or Steve Harrison Maiden. Like, I wouldn't do what they do as well. And I'm not saying I would do better than the dudes who played bass for Zappa, but I could live in that world, even though those guys are fucking amazing musicians and I would have to practice my ass off for like 10 years to be able to be that good but I could do it that yeah that makes sense yeah okay so um all right let me see if you could have dinner with any musician alive or dead who would it be oh god Bruce Dickinson what would you have (laughs) no uh, I would just love to just have regular pub food, just like fish and chips or bangers and mash or something. Mm-hmm. Have some beers with them. Talk about everything. Because you, you know that dude has like infinite conversations. God, I, I, I mean, even just that little bit of time I, I met him, you know, in 94 was just so It's much. funny that we both met him in 94. I mean, he was obviously on the same promotional tour. Yeah. But just at yeah. different shows. And yeah, he was so freaking cool. Like it, it was, was like, it was like a, mesmerizing, yeah. you know. But it, in his his overall presence is very intimidating for someone. Did, did who's you so did you feel like a little like schoolgirl? Oh, you're like oh my god, I'm eating fucking the Bruce Dickinson. Like this is the guy. Well, I mean, it. you know, I mean, so you, you know the whole story. You know, and if and if you guys don't know the story, read my book. But anyway, um, it's the book. It's, it, <laughs> read the book. But it was, you know, it was. I got an invitation from a friend who was a manager of a record store and she gave me the invitation and it was to the listening party for balls to Picasso. And so me and my buddy go and, you know, of course we show up and it's a bunch of suits, you know, all kind of wander around, you know, but what shirt were you wearing? Um, I was wearing, I was wearing the fear of the dark one with the really ugly, like bat looking thing. Oh, that bat thing. Yeah. I'm talking about. So I was wearing that and, (laughs) My buddy was wearing. I think he was. I think he had the same one. So I wouldn't be surprised if we wore matching shirts. Oh but my God, I'm dorks. I know exactly. But like you know, so we're sitting at this table, you know, and we're just trying to, you know, you know, we had gotten some, you know. Well, first we were standing at this buffet and we we're trying to figure out what it, what this shit was. And Bruce Dickens comes up behind us and he's like, "That's hummus," and I'm like, "Okay." And so like I put some on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> and took like the like the little pita bread wedges and went and sat at the table and then he comes up to us he's like you guys don't look like you're supposed to be here you know and we're like yeah you know, we got and you know, I'm showing him like see I got my invitation I'm supposed to be <laughs> you know? that'd be even better if Bruce Dickinson kicked you out oh that'd be <laughs> that'd be so cool but then he was just like you know like he totally like pulled up a chair talked to us you know you know asked us what we thought of the you know the Tears of the Dragon video, what we thought about the acoustic set. And, and you know, you're just looking at him and, and, and like, like the inside me is like screaming and piss him all, pissing all over himself, like with just excitement and joy. But like the outside me is like my mouth's just kind of agape, you know, and I'm just kind of looking at So did at he him. do an acoustic set first? He did an acoustic set first. Okay. So what they did? Just him and Alex Dixon. Yeah. So they played the video for Tears of the Dragon on these big screens that they had, 
and then they had the curtain drawn over the stage and then when the video got done playing the curtain opened and there was Bruce and Alex just sitting on chairs with acoustic guitars and just they just knocked out like four or five songs you know and then afterwards he comes down and he's hanging out you know and I was just like that was such a good memorable moment for me but it was also one of those moments where I'm just like I would almost hate to meet him again and have him not be as cool as that day. Do you know? Yeah, what I but mean? you know he would be. Oh yeah, there's no because doubt. Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Dude, I would just, you know, I'd love to tell him that I ended up liking hummus. You know, so you know. Thank you, Bruce. Now I like hummus because <laughs> of you. Thanks, Bruce. I love hummus now. <laughs> but I mean. Okay, so let me see. There is a... Okay, one more. Okay, if you could get back into a time machine mm-hmm. and go back in time and see any band that isn't around anymore or like a certain era of a band, like who would it be? See, my first thought is that I would waste an entire lifetime going back to see bands. I mean, really, I would go back and see Miles and Train, you know, I would go back and see the Beatles in Hamburg, I'd go see Led Zeppelin in that show where all those kids are sitting down, or where that dude has his face knocked off. That kid's like, ugh. It was the, uh, the, the 70s show, I right? Was, it was Royal Albert Hall. Yes, the Royal Albert Hall. God, I mean, you could literally see that kid's face melt off, which is epic. Oh. Um, there are so many. I mean, I would love to go back and see the World Slavery Tour. I would love to go back and see Maiden in Ruskin Arms. Like, just, uh, hell, I want to go back to like 1977 just so I can see the original version of Purgatory. <laughs> but it was called Floating. Floating. You know, <clears throat> or just like, I almost feel like if I could go back to like 77 or so and then just stay there for like a year. You know, but like, you know, and just discover all these other bands. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, go see Black Sabbath when they first came to America and did nine encores and threw their drum set at the audience, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to validate that. I wonder if they really did do nine encores. Yeah, yeah, go check set list. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that because. He he said four, didn't he? Or how how many did he say? I can't even remember. Oh, I can't remember now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that DVD just to see if I can find out. But no, that's interesting. Yeah, because I think about that a lot. Is that you know th- that Sabbath show in '70 in Paris where it looks like they're playing in like a, mo- a movie theater, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just—it's so good. I was like, how? Ah, oh, I mean, man, they were on fire for that. Isn't that the one where they did the War Pigs that had totally different lyrics? Yeah, because it was before Paranoid came out. That's what it was, yes. It it was that song, and maybe some other ones had different lyrics, but um, they put out like a a deluxe edition of Paranoid a few years back, and that was included as one of the extra discs, so the entire show. Which, I mean, it it had been available on bootleg anyway forever, but it it was good to have it officially released. And it's so good. The the band sounds incredible. Black Sabbath! (laughs) Right. So fucking good, dude. So, so I, that's what I love hearing those bands when they're young and hungry, and just so on fire. You know, that's that's what makes it when they're they're so excited to be there and they're just like gonna blow you away and they're gonna just steamroll you with how heavy and 
amazing they are. I mean, especially for the time. I, you and I have talked about that a lot, about like, you know, what what was it? We're oh, uh, Black Metal by Venom. I was like, could you imagine hearing that in 82? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wish that I could go back and see people's faces when they would hear this I would have been six stuff. years old. I would have been scared to death. I would have probably just, like, cried <laughs> if I had heard Venom back in 1982. <laughs> that fucking steel saw. <laughs> It just sounds so fucking crazy, man. You know? But anyway, so, dude. Okay. We've hit the hour and 20 minute mark, but we got to do this again. Oh, crap. So, That's a long one. Thanks, awesome. thanks for being, like, my first non-famous guest. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. This was a lot of fun, dude. I really loved it. Oh, it was fun, man. It's like old, it's like old times, man. We'll have to, we'll, 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 yeah, we're definitely going to do this again. So, you know, people are going to either love us or hate us but i don't give a fuck because this is awesome just so. just like the old days where just, we had two fans listening to the podcast we had two fans we had one kid that used to email us say that she listened to us at the lunch table with her like friends and then the other one was that dude that sent us all that weird ms paint artwork which was just amazing and epic we were called heavy metal lunch and he and he he drew it was like a sandwich <laughs> looked like a tank. Do you remember that? It had the olive yeah. that came on yeah. the toothpick that was shooting like lightning. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, I got to try to find that one somewhere. That'd be fucking... It's probably still up on the MySpace page. <laughs> probably still is. The page still exists. I, I looked at it a year or two ago. It's oh, still there. That's crazy. Well, well, go find us on MySpace, y'all. Heavy Metal Lunch. Look, look us up. up on MySpace. <laughs> check, check us out on MySpace. <laughs> we'll, we'll put you in our top eight friends. You know, so we'll move you up to one. Past Tom, <laughs> we'll move you up to one. That's Tom, everybody's first friend online. Tom, uh, you know? oh, loved it. So, all right, dude. Well, we're gonna sign off. Man, let's do this again, though, bro. Yeah, totally, man. All right, everybody. This is my buddy James, man, and uh, that was fun just talking all kinds of shit. So, we're gonna do this again. So, uh, dude, thanks for doing this, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom. Loved it.